as we make our way through our series, The Heart of Darkness, this year in March. As we also mark the season of Lent as we're walking through these six weeks of preparing to um, walk with Jesus to the cross during Holy Week and the journey he makes to Mount Calvary where he is uh, ultimately crucified and buried. And then, and then after that, you know, raised from the dead, brought back to life, and we celebrate the Easter joy that, that, that comes with his resurrection. But it's important for us to mark the journey of Jesus so that we are aware of the great length to which God went in pursuit of his people and continues in pursuit of his people. Last week, we talked about the idea of repentance. We talked about what it means that we are prone to going our own way and that it's difficult for us to, difficult for us to humble ourselves to the point where we're willing to change, where we're willing to admit we don't have it all figured out, where we're willing to admit that we sometimes need correction from God and from the people in our lives to adjust into a point of being transformed to be more like Christ. And that really catches the spirit of this series. What does this repentant attitude really look like for us? What does it mean for me to take on an attitude and a heart that's willing to change, that's accepting of God's instruction? And what are the different ways in which it's clear that I am broken and sinful in my own life as reflected by the broken and sinful world around me? This week, especially as we continue through the, the world watching uh, Eastern Europe continue to be at war, Russia invading Ukraine, the, the questions it forces upon us as we see family suffering, as we see individuals who are displaced, as we see uh, even, even atrocities as, as dead bodies, and we see things um, falling apart socially, economically, we see world powers in conflict with one another. It's very clear to us that the world is falling apart. And I want to take a moment just to recognize the severity of this difficult situation, this difficult reality. I, I don't know as a pastor what to say about this situation. I don't know, um, I don't know how to approach the fact that we're seeing people tear each other apart. I do know that this isn't the first time this has happened. And one thing this has done for me is it's opened my eyes to the fact that my heart, as compassionate as it is being called to be with the Ukrainian people, so also I'm called to be compassionate with people who have been experiencing invasion and suffering across the world and throughout history. Ethiopia in, in recent years, Syria, all across the world we see invasions and we see conflict, we see civil wars. And it's an opportunity for us, if we are unable to participate in, in helping and caring for people in a material way, to get down on our knees and cry out to God, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on the situation. Give relief to the people in suffering. Settle the conflict and bring about peace. One thing we do know is that this world is as broken as we are. So as we walk through this series in March, exploring the brokenness in us, we are sure to see the brokenness in the world, made all the more evident every day by headlines as we keep up with the story as it's developing, gives us a picture that the devil certainly is at work tempting people away from the unity of the truth of Christ, the peace that is ours because of the work God has done. So our efforts must be doubled in an effort to share the good news we have, the hope we have as God's people with the people surrounding us and praying that he would bless and be present with the people on the other side of the world. Today we're talking specifically, though, about the idea of hearing voices. What voice am I prone to listen to? How am I oriented not to hear God's voice, but to go my own way or to trust in a voice that isn't his? We're hearing from a, a short couple of verses in Luke chapter 13, Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. There's a couple of reasons for his tears. 
Primarily, he knows that this is God's chosen people who has been set apart for the salvation of the world. The the conduit through which he would save everyone was this chosen people and this specific city, this one singular place. And yet Jesus, as the anointed Messiah, knew that they would not accept him. They would reject him. And this ultimately would result in their own destruction. And like a parent who is watching uh, maybe a rebellious child go his own way and is helpless to reach out their arms and wrap them around that child, they, 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 they watch them go in heartbreak. They weep and they cry out, offering just to come back home to hear the voice of a loving parent, to hear the voice of our loving God. So let's listen to these verses from Luke chapter 13. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus cried, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Just these two verses give us a glimpse into the heart of God. Gives us a glimpse into the compassionate heart of Jesus. He's crying out over his people. Those whom he has come to save, those favored people of God, chosen for this very special purpose of communicating a saving grace to the world. And yet, the voice goes unheard, crying out. Now, there's an important historical um, narrative for us to remember and keep in mind. Remember, God's people are prone to wandering. Throughout the Old Testament, we know God chose his people and set them apart, but they didn't want to live differently and they embraced the ways of the world. And so there's this tension, this bouncing back and forth to a people rebellious toward God and then repentant toward God. And this, this back and forth is, is dizzying and it results in destruction and punishment, yet moments of grace and favor. And finally here, the people have been established in their land for some time. Jesus is delivered to his people. And yet as he's going around teaching and performing miracles, ultimately he is rejected. And it reminds me of the reality of our own life as well. You and me, we are prone to rejection in our own way. Today, I want to focus on the rejection we are prone to of closing our ears off to the voice of God and trusting in our own intuition, our own voice, our own perception. We are prone to putting ourselves first. We trust our own judgment over and above other people's judgment. We have that phrase we throw around, go with your gut. Right? We have these strong internal feelings that guide our purpose, that guide our direction. And sometimes we get to a point where we have a choice to make. Am I going to follow the way that God has chosen for me? I have discerned this as God's will. I know this is what he's calling me to do. But for whatever reason, my gut is saying, this is going to be better for me. This is going to be more convenient for me. This is going to result in my happiness. I just need to figure this out on my own. We kind of take on that rebellious tone, that tone of the teenager trying to figure his life out. I've just got to go my own way. I've got to learn things on my own, the hard way, the difficult way. I need to figure this out for myself. And when we take on that tone, we push away and close out the voice of God who is weeping and crying out to his people, Jerusalem, why won't you listen to me? Oh, that I could just gather you under my wings, in my arms. And Jesus, he he predicts Palm Sunday here in the following verses. You will see me again. He's spending time outside of Jerusalem. You will see me again when I come back as a king victorious, surrounded by people who love him, who are celebrating his arrival. And yet, by the end of that week, we know what happens. And he's put to death. And Jesus is also looking forward. 
You see, Jesus knows as he's crying out over the people of Jerusalem that going their own way will result in their own destruction. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But he knows that it's not a good way for them. It's not the way that God had designed for them. And we know as we read through scripture, as we've lived life, that when we go our own way, things tend to go poorly for us. It results in broken relationships. It results in regrettable decisions. It results in things we have to work through, issues we have caused in ourselves, troubled waters we have to navigate. Jesus looks and sees the track that Jerusalem is on and he is heartbroken because he knows that it's just going to result in their own destruction. A few decades later, after Jesus ascended back into heaven, the temple is destroyed by the Greeks. And this is, marks a, a moment of, of judgment and destruction for God's people. It's a moment where they have been totally destroyed and punished. And the hard thing is Jesus rejected by his people, trying to cry out to them that they would hear his voice, knows that his attempts at being heard are going to be unfruitful. And to know that you can't help this person who's intent on hurting themselves, this people who are intent on going their own way, so also God looks at us and he says, I'm crying out to you. I'm reaching out towards you. I'm giving you my voice. I'm trying to remind you of the loving design I have in place for your life. Trust in my words. Trust in my promises. If you go your own way, your system is broken. Your sensors are off. You're going to be going a way that isn't ultimately good for you. You know, like that helpless parent, sometimes we are adamant that we must go our own way. But here's the reality. God continues to call out. God's offer to gather us under his wings didn't stop with Jesus weeping over Jerusalem in Luke chapter 13. No, instead, God continues to pursue his people. The act of mercy and grace on the cross set a tone for his interaction with people for the rest of history until Christ returns. And that's a persistent and patient pursuit of his people. God is seeking to establish a relationship with all of us. And for you and I who have heard his promises, who walk according to his will, Though we are in an interesting state where we exist, right, as one of his people, sometimes that temptation to shout out his voice comes even stronger upon us. We are prone not to listen to him because we want to go our own way. And sometimes we think we're fine because we know God died for us on the cross. We have to be very careful that the voices we are listening to are his and not our own. If last week the question of repentance forced the question on us of, am I willing to change this week? God calling out to us forces the question, am I willing to hear a voice that isn't mine? Am I willing to hear a voice that isn't mine? Am I willing to humble myself to the point of listening to God's instruction in his word rather than going with my gut? Are there times, is there something in your life that God is calling you away from? Is there a direction he is calling you toward? And you are resistant because you know what's best for you. You know what's going to make you happy. You know what's going to be the most convenient or best thing for you in the long run. Sometimes those walls that we build so immediately and so quickly help us identify the areas in which God is calling us to change. Is there something in your heart that's pulling you away from hearing God's voice? Can you lay that before him and take on this posture of repentance and say, God, I don't know why you want me to go this way and not that way, but help me to trust you and follow you down the path you have laid out, rather than closing my hands over my ears and ignoring your voice just to pursue my own intentions. We may be wired to go our own way and to hear our own voice, but God is calling out to us. 
Will you hear him? In Jesus' name, amen.